back to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. I, again, am not Ruth Haley Barton, but I am Charity McClure. I'm a staff member of the Transferring Center, and I've been invited to kind of host a conversation between myself and Ruth and Scott Erickson, who is an author and an artist and um, a spiritual director and many other things to be with us in a conversation this Advent that brings us into some really honest conversations about the places in which we really need an honest hope. And we need to have a better and deeper understanding of what actually are we doing in this season when there's so much going on around us. What is it that God might be doing in us and where are we being invited into a season of transformation? So if you are following along with us, we hope that you have bought Scott's book called Honest Advent. In that, there are 25 different images. We are focusing on several of them throughout the season and there are links to those images, both in our show notes, and if you're somebody who has subscribed to an email, we'll have those in the email that goes to you as well. But hopefully you have the book in front of you and you can actually spend some time with these images and really be with us in the conversations regarding them. If you are a patron, you'll have the actual the video recordings, which is a new thing for us, so you can see this conversation live, and then you'll also be led into a practice of Visio Divina with each of them as well. So we hope that that really supports you in entering in in a different way with with us. And so welcome back. We are headed into week two of Advent. And so this Sunday will be the second Sunday of Advent. And the topic for us in our conversation today has really been centering around where is God in my vulnerability? And so we have a couple of images from the book. And the first one that we're going to look at is from chapter three. Um, and the chapter is called Motherhood. And Scott's going to tell us a little bit about the image and the things that it points to and um, kick off our conversation in that way. Yeah, this image, if you aren't, if you're listening to this and you don't see it, but you should look it up. It's You can look up Mary and Eve and you'll see a version of it. Eve is on the left and Mary is on the right. And Mary has a hand up to Eve's face and is grabbing her hand and placing it on her pregnant belly. Eve also has like a serpent wrapped around her leg and Mary's foot is crushing the head. There's a bunch there. This is based off a, a, a painting or an illustration by Sister Grace Remington, who's a, a sister in Iowa, who in her, I think she's Trappist. She, the sisters noticed that she was like drawing a lot in her devotion. And they were like, oh, let's put this on a Christmas card. And it like went huge and went like viral and stuff like that. So you can actually buy the original from their site, supports their work. I first encountered this image in my friend's bathroom in Atlanta <laughs> and I was like in the bathroom probably and I was like I wonder if they think I'm okay because I was in there a long time because I was like <laughs> and I came out I was like what is this picture and my friend Callie told me what it was and it really moved me so much so for Advent I was painting at an Advent service and I, I did a version of it and then later on Another friend of mine the next year was like, can we take your version and use that? And 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 then it, it started getting used. And I, I contacted Sister Grace and I was like, hey, I did like a cover of your, I wasn't trying to like copy your work. I did like a, how, you know, in honor of your work, I did a cover in my own style. Is that okay? And she was like, yeah, that's fine. But what really hit me, I mean, there's so much in this image. And it's not, you know, the thing is, it's not a story from the Bible. It's It's what art does well, which is kind of like, Let's use our imagination. Who? How can we bring these two people together? What would it mean? What would it mean for us and the story if they found themselves in the same room? These two kind of 
mothers of the faith, these, these famous mothers. And what I, what hit me, and there's a lot here, but what hit me was like, whoa, here's two moms that have lost their kids too early. And I think that's because one of the, the hard things about being an adult and entering into parenthood is that there's an infant mortality rate and there are miscarriages. And I've had friends who've had stillborn deaths and I've had older adults tell me they lost their kids at 11. And, and that horror of loss when it was when it's supposed to be a for sure blessing is very hard to to hold and and it really exposes like the risk of love that there's like a risk in love and also when i see this and this is partly just as a as a man as a father who is adjacent you know i'm i'm still a parent i I, I got to be a part of the fun part of making it. <laughs> um, and I'm still obligated as a parent to be involved in their life. I mean, I get to, I'm invited to. But there is an aspect of embodied parenthood that I, I don't know, that I can never know. And I, I imagined, as I, as I spent time with this image, I imagined this kind of like secret gathering of moms that no dads are allowed and just kind of what would the conversation, what would the solidarity in that convention of moms be and it would be joys and there would be a lot of like holding each other's faces and being like yeah it's okay there's a lot of loss in it and there's a lot of joy and what a journey and it just filled me with so much like gratitude and honor and respect to the weight and the glory of motherhood and i also will say like i've worked at churches and my friend, Kurt, who's a pastor, he goes, oh, the most hate mail we ever get is after Mother's Day. Because I understand, too, that to be a woman is not necessarily to be a mom. And, and there can be a lot of pain if motherhood's not easy for you or it's not possible for you. And what we can say instead of trying to solve that is like, yeah, look at all this. Look at all these vulnerabilities here. Look at all these like complexities of being a person and how something and, and what it means to go through a journey and stuff. And uh yeah, so there we go. That's that was part of the meditation for this entry. Can I add from a female perspective yeah. a meditation on it? No, oh. you're not oh, no, allowed. No, no, we sorry. don't want any no, female no. perspectives here about Mary <laughs> and Eve. No, no, no. I just, <laughs> I just meant in this moment. Yeah. I'm sure you have yeah. lots to say, no, too. No, no, but, no. I just want to. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. This podcast is called Mansplaining. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. <laughs> part of what, I mean, obviously, I affirm, you know, everything that you just said, and I see that too. But part of what was the most moving to me was seeing the relationship between the mm -hmm. two, mm -hmm. because women don't always do a good job. Sometimes we do a great job mm -hmm. of, you know, mm. of being in compl complex relationships with each other or fully seeing or lifting up each other. And sometimes I don't know that we're invited to get to do that in the same way. I feel like in a lot of ways, there's some cultural dynamics that set us kind of in juxtaposition with each other sometimes because yeah. where there's seen to be certain kinds of expectations or not as much room, then you don't get to be with each other in the intimacy of what they are with each other in. And so to me, I see so much redemption and love and solidarity between Eve and Mary and both of their divine participation in the story even if it was messy or even if one of them has been lifted up more than the other you know eve you don't hear much about eve except for a lot of condemnation you know yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. that is a very hard way for the story of womanhood and femaleness to start you know yeah. what i mean and so yeah. then 
what we tend to do is that if you have that, then we want to have a juxtaposition of it. And we want to have something that we totally lift up as being this perfection. And what I love here is that there's no room for any of that between the two of them. They have a better and deeper understanding of actually what's going on than we often do. And when you say you invent and like imagine a, like a convention of moms, I'm kind of like, that is all my girl gatherings. Like that all, all <laughs> yes. like, and it, what's so funny is that it's been a long time of me and my closest women being together in all the joy and all the pain, yeah. walking together well. And it hasn't been until recently that my husband has started to get a sense for like what those relationships are like and what they hold. And he is so jealous. He's like trying to find his way in because we are walking together in ways and at depths that I don't always know that men are aware is possible. And maybe it's just that part of what this illustrates is our orientation to it, that our our mothering, our openness to what is beyond ourselves draws us to each other. I think that this kind of communal experience, this relational experience, this intimacy is not just reserved for women, but man, is it beautifully depicted here. Yeah. Um, yeah and redemptive which i appreciate as a as a woman who's had a lot of the other thrown at her yeah over the years. i love i mean i have a beloved friend who's like a coach and very smart guy but he hates gender segmented stuff mm -hmm. he's like i don't want to go to an all guys thing and he's like i want to be mixed yes he's like i want to hear from my female friends about their yeah. how they take their take on this he's like i just want like dudes interpretations of everything and i think there's something really uh, uh, it might be a byproduct of <laughs> some kind of weird byproduct of like purity culture. I don't know. Like, don't be in the elevator together. Like, let's. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's like particulars to a specific role that it, you know maybe we'd feel more open talking about it if the other person wasn't there. But I, I love what you're saying because it's like I want to hear. I want to hear all kinds of experiences of people talking about Yeah. Well, and that has been central to the transferring community experience from the very beginning. You always talk about there's a certain kind of spark mm. and energy when everyone is in the room and, and the importance of not only focusing on one, you know? Yeah, we drove a big stake in the ground around that in the beginning, that this that our communities were going to be mixed and yeah. that our small groups were going to be men and women and that it's not even an optimal small group group spiritual direction experience if it's just one gender or the other. And there have been people who have come in and have been very uncomfortable about that because in their settings, just like what you've said, yeah. you're not allowed to have deeper conversations with persons of the other gender who are not your spouse. And in fact, some people make commitments to their spouse that they won't do that, you know? And I just feel like we miss out on the fullness of who God is and the fullness of our life together as yeah. men and women created in God's image together. And so it's uncomfortable, but We've pushed through and we've really upheld that because it just seems like the most important kind of spiritual experience to, to see men and women together. But this image is very powerful in terms of the healing between two women. And oftentimes women can be very competitive with each mm -hmm. other as we've been set up in our culture to be. And so that, that's one of the things that's, I think, powerful about this image is that, first of all, there could have been some judgment mm -hmm. in this between Mary and Eve. And, and I'll say that, you know, when I was a young woman coming up into an awareness that I didn't believe a lot of what the church was teaching about women in leadership, I participated in a roundtable discussion that was radio at the time, believe it or not. I mean, that's how long I've been doing this. Like, it was radio, for crying <laughs> out loud. But these roundtable discussions where this person would convene four people, two people that had one view and two people who had another view yeah, on the classic. same issue, classic. Yeah, yeah, huh? And so in this, in this particular situation, the subject was women in leadership and whether or not equality was 
you know, what God had ordained. And I was, of course, representing full equality for women, but there was an older woman, a pastor's wife, a very prominent one in this area. And, you know, we had the conversation. On the other side? Yes, yes. Okay. And so we had the conversation on the air. I'm enraptured by this story. I know. Yeah, I'm telling you this. (laughs) I'm not not sure I've ever put this out there publicly for anyone. So we had the conversation, and it was clear that we didn't agree. But then off the air, in the break, she said to me, you are an Eve. Wow. Because you want something that God did not intend for you. She said that off the air in between. I was almost destroyed because I was in my early 30s at the time and she was 50 or 60 and she was a very prominent woman. And it was all I could do to pull it back together and finish this broadcast. Yeah. Look, as a white, straight male, the whole system's set up for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'd be like, mm-hmm. I can just walk into any church and people are like, oh, you're here? Would you like mm-hmm. a microphone? That's right. You know, like, Get it's him just one of those <laughs> welcome I'm here t-shirts. Yeah, he like, needs one of those. You've been waiting for me. <laughs> That's right. So Now it can all begin because I'm here. And then what? <laughs> And I'm so grateful. What tra- has transformed with over my life is having friends who are female pastors, mm-hmm. receiving spiritual direction and formation mm-hmm. from wonderful female leaders and just like going, God, what a gift. And then looking back at the denomination I grew up in and be like, why, why would you dismiss all this wisdom that's there because of your interpretation of an old mm. text that you, you know. Well, this book that, wouldn't even exist. I mean, so much of this inspiration was because for of, sure. yeah. For yeah. sure, for sure. And then, but not knowing what's like, I was like, I guess my, the, my guess would be it's because to say that there was freedom when you had decided mm-hmm. not freedom, yeah. you would have to rethink the whole thing. And you'd have, and to, the, and you'd have to experience regret, like deep oh, regret. the pain of yeah. all of mm-hmm. that would be, yeah. it's so people... People choose the pain of staying mm-hmm. yeah. versus the pain of change mm-hmm. because the pain of staying is like I can keep this all together mm-hmm. versus like I'd have to rethink my whole yeah. life. And that is a fascinating aspect mm-hmm. of a human, of the human animal yeah. that will do that. Yeah, that's so interesting. So maybe why why I see what I see. Yeah, I was going to say, know? will you speak a little bit more well, yeah. to what... Excavation tools. Yeah, well, you yes, speak, I'm, I'm seeing given, it. Yeah. Given yeah. your experiences mm-hmm. then when you see this image... What is it, as to use Scott's words, what is it excavating for mm-hmm. you? Well, I think, you know, Eve was seen as as bad and sinful. And so in, in this, it's almost like Mary is reaching out to her and saying it's okay. And, and there could have been bad blood between them, too, because Mary's offspring, in, in this image anyway, Mary's offspring was the one that crushed the snake. Mm-hmm. What I see is that Mary is actually almost communicating grace and healing of Eve's yeah. experience. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. yes. In, a, in a really, really beautiful way. And then Eve is willing to lean in and participate in what Mary's experiencing. Yeah. You know, And that yeah. together they are, definitely Mary is elevating Eve, but together they're elevating each other, yeah. I think. That's what I, that's what I see. And it's a very healing. And to me, I see a very healing image mm-hmm. here. Yeah. You know? I go into it a little bit about Eve mm-hmm. where I'm like, we don't know, not much is talked about her, but mostly it's just it's terrible, terrible. It's terrible. Eve had to do something really hard for the first time. Yeah. She didn't mm-hmm. have any mommy blogs. She didn't mm-hmm. have any like grandparents or moms to tell her how to be a mom. Like it's very hard to do something for the first time. And we all kind of mess up at it usually. And, and, and it's that kind of like, I hate, I hate that we would, you're making it very clear, like just seeing like how we've used this biblical character as an avenue to shame one another. Mm-hmm. 
just be like, oh, you're this, you're the lame character mm-hmm. in the Bible, like that woman said to you. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be like that yeah. Bible character. How awful if here's here's where it's getting me. I keep getting asked to be on this like father podcast, <laughs> and I keep saying no. Cause I have a lot of insecurities about being a dad. I love my kids. I don't love being a parent. <laughs> I, there's a lot of loss. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of insecurities. I don't know if I had the best representation to look to and model it. I constantly face my inadequacies in it. So then somebody to like, hey, tell a bunch of other dads how to be a dad. I'm like, mm-mm. If you want just somebody to be mm-hmm. like, here's how I mess it up. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's very vulnerable to have this role and then for somebody to use that as the example of how you're doing it wrong Mm -hmm. it just is layers upon layers of just toxicity that i that i detest so i mean (laughs) i wasn't even in your story but that story hit me because that's an awful feeling to be like oh you're this person Mm -hmm. you're like yeah i think that person was pretty brave I think that person was pretty courageous. I mean, there's ways to interpret that scripture that are completely different than what we right, you know, kind right. of grew and up you're, with. You're right. It does show like how a, we can utilize ways of our perceptions of scripture in really totally. negative and harsh ways with each yeah, other. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. just see that image as trying to heal that yeah. rather than seeing Eve as we were we were actually told that the reason that women had to submit to men was because Eve was the one who convinced mm-hmm. Adam to eat the fruit. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it's this the shame is so And then so there's like deep. a curse after that that says yeah. something like that. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. And yeah. then let's use this to just make women yeah. lesser than men. Yeah. And forever and ever and now. Let's forever never and ever. talk about well, how about this? All genders have come from God. You came from God. Your gender mm-hmm. came from God. Where do you find that mm-hmm. in God? And they're mostly flabbergasted because they've never been given They've never been shown like femininity in God, at least in the structures they give it to. Like we were talking a little bit about motherhood and like, why is it so scandalous to talk about God as a Mm -hmm. mother? Like obviously women have come from the creator. This kind of role has, if if it's under the umbrella of the maker of all things, it's in there. Well, it's also in scripture over and over and over maternal, maternal images. Why did we, those weren't the focus of a lot of like scriptural series. You know, this is where we get into like, what are the power dynamics in these stories that have a hold on us? I'm sure, well, you, isn't have, that I'm one sure of, you have thoughts on this. Yeah, I, I was going to say, isn't that one of the invitations, though, this season when you said last episode, you know, I'm okay that it's Mary heavy because mm-hmm. we don't get to often experience the femininity of the the story of mm-hmm. God, of what these spiritual realities exist with, you know, with a female representation. Yeah. And so what you said on the last episode and Scott, some of the images that you have in here, it does really ask us to be present to spiritual realities from a different angle and a different perspective. And I do think that there is a lot of pushback about that. So I don't mm-hmm. know if you have helped people know what to do when they feel that resistance. I know that we we spend a lot of time in the Transferring Center teaching people what to do with resistance when you feel it. What do you do with the uncomfortability, you know? And so I think that this part of the conversation is a real one that I don't want people to just get upset about and stop listening. I want them to actually know what to do when an image feels uncomfortable or a description yeah. of God mm-hmm. feels uncomfortable. Yeah. I think we are uncomfortable with thinking about God as mother. And it's not even just about role. It's about essence. It's about character qualities, you know? Mm, yeah. And that if both men and women have been created in God's image, which we believe that, then God is going to um, encompass all that is male and all that is female while transcending both. But those things are very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable to think about the mothering aspects of God or the motherhood of God. 
And so I think, you know, a lot of times when we feel that resistance, you know, to your point, Charity, is that we assume that the resistance means that it's wrong versus interrogating our own resistance and saying, what is this resistance saying about what am I really resisting, you know, and why? And what does that say about me? Not can yeah. I just use my resistance to dismiss something that feels uncomfortable to me? And I really deeply believe, again, speaking as a spiritual director, that to be able to pay attention to places of resistance is actually a very fr spiritually fruitful thing to do. Because our New Testament theologian, Bob Mulholland, would say, when you feel that resistance, perhaps it's a closed door of your heart that God is knocking on and someplace where you've either, you've closed God in or you've closed God out. Mm. Maybe the resistance is God knocking on the door of your heart saying, can I come in there? You know, is there something that, could we discuss this together? Could we open up together um, in some new way? And, and I often think of that now when I feel resistance and encourage other people too, that when we feel resistance rather than just backing away and saying, I'm not going to deal with that because that's too uncomfortable. Instead, maybe assume that it's a growth place, a place where God is inviting us forward or deeper or something like that. And so as, as we have this conversation, it's been interesting for me to notice that in the lectionary readings, there are some of those feminine aspects of God that are highlighted, especially in Isaiah 40. And it talks about, it starts out with the idea of comfort, you know, comfort, oh, comfort, my people, says our God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And then in, at the very end of the passage, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. So there's all this mothering imagery in our, in some of our lectionary reading for this week. And so I think it could be really fruitful for us to think about the mothering aspects of God as a part of this week of our Advent season, and also coupled with that, the fact that our motherhood does make us vulnerable in some very unique ways. And, you know, what is that? I loved your question in the book. What, is, what does it say about God that God was willing to come so vulnerably? Yeah. As a baby, yeah. the most vulnerable being, completely open to any sort of violence or abuse or uh, needing care in every single way. What does it say about God? Number one, that God has these mothering characteristics, and number two, that in that there is an implicit vulnerability. And we won't talk about all the gory details of it, but to birth a baby is the most vulnerable action you could ever take. Yeah. And when you're a young girl, you think, oh, I will never do that. You know, I'm never going to do that. You <laughs> yes. know, like you can't My help it. My daughter saw our yeah. last, or the youngest, and she's yeah. like, I never want to have, gonna do that. I never wanna have a yeah. baby. <laughs> exactly. And then there you are, and yeah. you want to have a baby enough that you're willing to go through the process, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what does it mean to us that God was willing to come in this way and yeah. that God was willing to be vulnerable in this way? Um, and then the vulnerability of being a mother where, like I said, you know, your heart is now outside your body walking around and you don't have a lot of control over what happens um, as time goes by. What does it mean to us? And then, you know, the question that I went to with it as well is, you know, where am I refusing to be vulnerable right now? Where am I refusing vulnerability? Yeah. And might I be willing to hear that as an invitation for this week is, am I willing to open up to my vulnerability? Am I willling to share my vulnerability with someone else? Or am yeah. I going to go through my life pretending that I'm strong until, like you said, people are wiping your butt at the beginning of life and wiping your butt at <laughs> yeah, the yeah, end? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, 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 like you spend a whole lifetime resisting vulnerability, but then you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Eventually it's going to. And for me, when I, vulnerability is not necessarily 
this is what helped me is go, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily your weaknesses or limitations. Mm -hmm. It's more about your relationship to them when, because we all have it, but then do we hate that we mm -hmm. have these things? Do mm -hmm. we think that it dismisses us from ever doing anything? Yeah. Like, well, I'm not, I, I don't, it's not my strong, I don't have my strengths there. But I, what I found in my spiritual journey has, has been like, actually these become the avenue for I'm not saying God doesn't choose strong things, but you, like, we could look to Christ as our just example of the path of vulnerability, the path of the suffering servant, you know? And, like, it's usually in the not enoughness that we experience grace. And what is grace? And this maybe ties into the, the other picture that we have that we were talking about is grace says, Oh no no! This wasn't about you earning this at all. This isn't about you bootstrapping and being good enough. This was about the path of vulnerability is the receiving of grace, which the writers of the gospel said. Oh yeah, we saw the face of God in Jesus, and it was full of grace and truth. Mm -hmm. Like to receive Jesus is to receive the grace of God, which says it's not up to you to earn it. It's not, we have kind of made it, at least in the culture I grew up in, it was like, did you say the prayer? Did you do this thing? And that was uh, just really arrogant to think it was up to us in sentence making to make divine love available. Divine love has been given to us freely. And this incarnation story is about that. It is why the angels are singing. It is why the kings are threatened. It's because God's presence is being given without ever having to do anything about it. And it was transforming the lives of these people, and it's still transforming our lives now. And that is the really good news. So to ignore or to dismiss our, our weaknesses, our, these, our relationship with our not, we would say not, even not enoughness says like there's something wrong with me. It's not that, it's just like, it's for me, the way I would describe it is like, I confronted that I was offered this meritocracy that even though we talked about God's love and God's grace, it was still like, but have you been reading your Bible every day or have you not sinned yet? You know, it was still this like kind of focus. And I think why I know it doesn't work is because eventually you're just like, either I have to throw this whole thing away or have a new kind of faith. And when I realized I didn't have to be on the janky treadmill of earning love, that, that actually I was surprised by God's love in all the places that I wasn't enough or didn't earn it or whatever. I was like, oh, this is what's going to transform me. Actually, this is the love will transform me. So, and isn't that where God as mother actually maybe might, might be the most helpful? Yeah. Like, because when I think of motherhood, both in my own experience and also in some of the things that we're talking about, is that motherhood is about love moving towards, yeah, coming towards you, seeking after you, you know, like my kids don't have to do anything for me to have that in me to come towards them in love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I come towards them in love, even in the most painful situations that we've been found ourselves in. Yes. You know what I mean? Like my posture towards them. And so it feels as though for all of us to think of God as a mother would be really to confront some of the things that we have believed about needing to earn it or to do the right things, you know, and not everybody has that experience of motherhood, but the ideal of what motherhood would be, the love moving towards you. To me, that's a wonderful way to think about God in some of these uncertain places and in some of these vulnerable places. Yeah. And the posture that Eve would have to have to have, if you said, imagine them in a room, mm -hmm. the posture that Eve would have to have for this kind of an encounter to actually take mm -hmm. place would be that she couldn't be to what you were saying. She couldn't be all like, 
well, I did the best that I could. Yeah. And, you know, screw everybody mm -hmm. else because yeah. you don't understand it. There was something where she accepted her vulnerability. You know, she accepted it and she allowed for something more to happen if this were to happen in real mm -hmm. life. And I, I hope that we could all be that way, you know, that you would be just as confident in your place in the story and in God's love for you as an Eve as you would a Mary, mm -hmm. you know, and that's hard. That confronts a lot of the things that we've been talking about. But but Eve was no less beloved than Mary, you know, mm -hmm. she just had a different purpose and a different part of the journey. And I think that what I love about this image is that I think it shows her being still open, open, mm -hmm. even in this moment, mm -hmm. you know. So that was just kind of a mm. a place that I'm wanting to take into some of the things I've internalized about what it means to mm -hmm. be a woman of faith, mm -hmm. you know? I love that. I knew the stresses had a chance to really derail me from my own spiritual life, but it was because of this community that I actually, I think I was able to stay on track with my spiritual life with the practices. So I would say it was animal. just- and I felt that very profoundly, and I felt this space is a space where my soul, who I really am, my true self, can come out and can be safe and can be received and can be nourished. So what's blown and my mind is that like the greatest way I can show up before God is as a human. And I feel like I've always tried to be like an angel disguised as a human. <laughs> you know, like the whole idea of desires was selfish and not Christian. And what I'm seeing now is that like, that's how I show up as my most authentic self. And it's how I relate to other humans. It's how I actually show God's greatness and glory to other people. Like being well, And I guess when we are closing now, um, I'm thinking about, of course, the rule of life. What I'm gonna do with this, with this deep desire, how to arrange your life to keep the journey. Um, there's some moments. Well, friends, we wanted to take a break from our conversation about Advent, just to remind you about Transforming Community 20 that's coming up. It's starting April 21 through 23. We're taking applications now. And one of the things I'd like to mention about Transforming Community is that we really do work hard to create a safe space to be with our honest questions and our honest longings. And to be able to do that in community with other leaders is, is just a real gift. We are very confidential. We give real structure for how to have these kinds of conversations. And it's a real blessing especially to leaders who don't have as many safe places as, as other people might have. And so we also want to let you know that like we've been presenting Visio Divina and some very artful expressions about our faith in this season. And we do highlight many spiritual practices and give leaders an opportunity to try some new things. If you're a leader who's interested in entering in to a safe space with your own honest questions and longings, if you are looking for some fresh spiritual practices in your life that might revitalize your relationship with God, we would love to have you consider joining us, and we are taking applications now. Please go to our website, transformingcenter.org, if you'd like more information about the upcoming Transforming Community, and you can use Podcast 20 as a code to receive $50 off your application fee. And now, back to our conversation. My question, maybe as we're kind of coming to an end, I'm curious... Ruth. I guess I'm just curious of your story because you've told some really, really interesting mm -hmm. things about confronting surprisingly mm -hmm. from another woman like no 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 you're mm -hmm. you're this one you're the bad one over you're the scandalous mm -hmm. one over here but then how you've really like found this that this is actually in your tradition I think and forgive me for getting a little too 
personal on it is just like sometimes I'm always like, oh, I don't know if this is in my tradition. And then I'm like, oh, it actually is. It's just got kind of tucked way down in there. <laughs> right. It got messed exactly. up. Like I don't have to stop mm-hmm. being a Christian because actually it's in there. It just kind of got lost in whatever version. I understand I'm in a cultural version of a faith tradition, mm-hmm. but there's like centuries, millennia yeah. of practices and and then finding like, oh, this is actually how these people treated each other and did and practiced this. Like, oh, that's in my tradition. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm keep talking. But I'm curious. I'm very fascinated about the like womanhood and motherhood in God and stuff because I didn't have to be aware of that until I saw that it was the 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 male orientedness of my faith was diminishing the beloved female friendships I had and relationships I had. And I was like, oh, this I don't like this at all. Why it's quite it? an education, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and really, truly kudos to you for being willing to enter into the education. You know, you're describing an educational process right mm-hmm. there with your mm-hmm. friends and female companions. I, I do think that we just, we all have lenses and our different cultures look through scriptures at different lenses and pick out the things that support whatever it is that we yeah. already believe in many cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a harsh, it's, it's, I don't even mean for it to be harsh. It's just how we function as human beings. But when you get outside your own lens, you see that there's all sorts of things that, that you missed. And there's all sorts of imagery for God. That, and I want to be really careful and not stereotype male and female, but to say some of the characteristics that we might typically attribute to females, like this comfort, nurture, Mm -hmm. um, the mother hen. I mean, there's all sorts of imagery, you know, the mother hen, the nursing mother. um, The midwife. The midwife. Yeah, that there's all sorts of images to describe God, but we just didn't call them out in the same way. We emphasized might and power and even war imagery and stuff like that to to describe who God is and really did fail to bring out some of the other more nuanced aspects of who God is. Tenderness. I mean... I mean, that, that that passage said, you know, that God carries them tenderly, yeah, you know, yeah. and so we've just we've, we've just allowed certain lenses, I think, to inform what we actually c- can see. Like Richard Rohr says, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Yeah. You know, that we see we're always seeing through our own lens. So thanks be to God when God begins to expand yeah. our vision and expand Absolutely. our thinking and help us to see things in Scripture that we've missed simply because we were looking at it through our own filters. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not a surprise that that was the lens that which we saw. I mean, especially mm-hmm. Western American evangelicalism. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of left out everything that you you listed. I was thinking mm-hmm. to myself, everything that's vulnerable was mm-hmm. left out. You know what I mean? And what and what <laughs> yeah. we and so like what we so like what we're saying. Oh my God. You yeah. know, like, God's the warrior, right? And... Well, and all the things that we think we can do for ourselves are mm-hmm. the things that we've highlighted. All the things that make us feel confident in strength and power and you know, dominating. That's what we have exemplified. And I think it's kind of how we've gotten a little bit of a warped idea of what it even means to be a follower of God. And you know what I mean? Because it doesn't lead us to these vulnerable places, which would actually be where God would be at work. And it's hitting me that like meritocracy is a very, and I know I'm talking generalities, is a very like father son thing, meaning like son. You and the way you mm-hmm. feel as like I'm not good enough. For, I just want my dad to think I'm. He's proud of me. Like it's a very like male kind of dynamic between fa- the tension between fathers and their sons. Whereas motherhood's very different than that. When I'm talking to people about this, I'm like, look at what Jesus says about being born again. 
it's a birthing analogy. He's saying, and you're not in charge of being born. You just get born. It's nothing you're in charge of. It's something that happens to you. And you're saying God's a man. Okay, so God the man is birthing you. Are we really messing with gender roles here <laughs> in scripture? You want to get how little, you know, it's like, it's. I know it's metaphor, but what, are, like when people are like, there's not there, God's a he, it's like the, the you having salvation is an analogy of this thing is being birthed from God in you. It's mm-hmm. a birthing thing. It's a very motherhood thing. I don't know, it's just hitting me in this moment. It's like, yeah, of course all that vulnerable stuff got left out because that's a that's an insecure dad move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk about my weaknesses. Or, We're strong. Or it's, yeah, We're or strong. those kinds of things then also get attached to the yeah. places in our story that are easier to say, that was just bad. And so we're not going to do that anymore. I mean, yeah. I think that it's it's part of what we're uncomfortable with right now, even in all of our conversations about not knowing how to talk about the failures of the church, not knowing how to talk about the complexity of our history as a country, not knowing how to talk about, you mm-hmm. know, our family, like wanting to portray a thing. And part of how you portray a thing is by making sure you're on board with all the things that are well put together and are part of the story that is a victory and strength and goodness and all those kinds of things. And to look at a thing that involves Eve and Mary is to accept all of the messiness of it, you know what I mean? And to not only accept it, but to value it and to say that, you know, how we define any of these things can't just be about the the strength that we'd like to portray. It has to be a a willingness to to bring in the vulnerable Mm -hmm. aspects of what it means to be a part of this thing unfolding, you know? Yeah. And so you've done a lot with vulnerability. Is there anything that you'd like to to invite us into as it relates to these images or the idea of how do we be with God with our vulnerability? Where is God in our vulnerability? Yeah. Vulnerability is just a way to describe like, Hey, you, 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 we, I mean, we have agency, but we also like, we, we fail to meet perfection. We make mistakes. We uh, often in retrospect, we're like, Oh, I've, said dumb things my entire life <laughs> in the moment I thought I was being smart you know like that's just it's a part of being human and I guess the the why I'm still a person of faith and why I would even want to talk and invite people into this is be like the almighty's not waiting for you to be better the journey of your spiritual life is not to be a better person the spirit journey of your spiritual life is to be a whole person mm. Is to is to is to bring the wholeness of who you are in there, and we have a word like vulnerability to describe that there are aspects of ourselves that we maybe regret or wish or feel a little ashamed of, and what happens in our spirituality is we start to segment those stuff off. Here's what here's what happens in direction with pastors is people hire pastors to be the same person for the rest of their lives, and nobody's the same person for the rest of their lives, and they have to hide a certain part of themselves because they're free, afraid of getting fired. And eventually it's, I call it's like a, it's a, it's a a baby steps towards a divided self. And eventually that gap between who you are and who you secretly are is so painful that you implode. So I just think vulnerability is, is a spiritual practice of going, oh, this is where grace meets me. This is who I am. These are the things I have. And I can grow and learn and become, but it's not something I'm like, need to be ashamed of, or it leaves me out. I don't get to be ashamed as like, well, you're an Eve. It's like, no, no, no. I, I, I made decisions. I, I regret them. I can only do so much. I'm exhausted. I, I, this is, 
this is this is part of our journey with God is is this kind of acceptance of what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I and inviting God into the complexity of that. Yeah, I'd like to flip it and being like, I'm taking that. It's already in God. So it's like allowing myself to go. This is already in God. I don't I'm the one who's having a hard time with it because I've been. It's a strong word, but indoctrinating, saying indoctrinated into thinking this is what's keeping me out of this. Right. Well, and obviously God is already with those things, but I mean, part of our practice is to, there's something that happens when even though we're not telling any God anything new, mm-hmm. that to open up the complexity and to yeah. s- actually be with it in a way yeah. does change, yeah. does change us yeah. too. And the idea that we could be humble enough to make room in an imperfect house, <laughs> you know, not just for mm-hmm. ourselves, but for other people to be with that as well. Um, the way that Mary is able to be with Eve or the way that something is given to us that we, that we didn't earn. Yeah. You know? Well, and also there's to be, to be vulnerable is by definition what it means to be human. I mean, being human brings with it vulnerability, which I think is why it's so powerful that Jesus chose to become human was because he took on a kind of vulnerability that would that he would not have had to, he would not have taken it on if he hadn't become, he wouldn't have been vulnerable. Right. So, and that's a perfect segue into our next yes, episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that yeah. is, that is where we're going to go in, yeah. in the next episode is God choosing to become yes, in to human become form. Human. Yeah. Um, which brings with it vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. So next episode, we're going to, we're going to explore more about humanity embodiment. We mm-hmm. hope you guys will join us for that one as well. So thanks for being with us this week. There's a lot here and, um, maybe bounced around a little bit, but I'm hoping that there are some places that where you feel really invited to be with God with your own vulnerability, what it means to be open to that kind of place, and also the healing and the redemption and the grace given without having to do anything, Mm -hmm. you know, is a place that probably all of us need a little bit more of. Well, and I will also want to encourage anyone who was uncomfortable with this episode yeah. to to be with your resistance and ask the question, what does it say about me? I was hoping that that as people listen to some of these challenging ideas that we could determine as a practice to pay attention to our resistance and then stay with it rather than running and say, is God knocking on some closed door of my life? Is there something that God wants to speak to me about or be intimate with me about in this place of resistance? That is a really demanding practice, but I think we can do it. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll open up vistas if we can. If we can, rather than shutting down when we feel resistance, can we open up to God and say, what's happening here in my resistance? Would you be with me here? What do you have to say to me here? Wow, if we could do that for a week. Mm. Well, and if I could be bold enough to mm-hmm. say, this would be a small way to yes. do it because mm-hmm. to practice it with something like this that we can find. It's in a baby scr- step. Yeah, we can find <laughs> it in scripture. You that's know what right. I mean? We baby can, steps. We can find it. In, but, but, you know, some of the other places that I alluded to, that's where this kind of capacity mm-hmm. needs to be brought. Yeah. Some of these bigger places where the resistance and the uncomfortability is, is breaking things apart mm-hmm. and people don't know how to be with it. Um, this is a small way to practice yeah. um, a skill and a, a capacity mm-hmm. that we're going to need increasingly over time if we're going to be able to stay together on the journey. So, all right, till next time.